Well, hi there. Nice to be back with you to share uh, the next message in my little series I'm doing, which I've titled Earth, Wind and Fire. Now, apparently I need to make a public apology because apparently I know some songs that Earth, Wind and Fire sing. And so uh, I want to clarify, I, I am aware of the songs. I wouldn't know who sang it and I don't necessarily like that type of genre. So sorry, moving on. Earth, Wind and Fire. That's actually the theme of uh, the series that God's laid in my heart to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been looking, we started at looking at the Great Commission, where Jesus tells his disciples the goal of the Great Commission was the ends of the earth. And then we looked at the day of Pentecost with uh, the earth being God's plan. And then the day of Pentecost, there was wind, which was, I'm going to talk about God's power and fire, which is God's presence. So last week we saw how the Holy Spirit was active in the work of creation. God created the earth and he placed mankind in his creation and he gave them his first commission. And his first commission was to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it. He told his, he told Adam and Eve, in fact, he gave them authority and dominion over creation. And he said to them, I want you to replicate yourselves and fill the earth with people who are made in my image and likeness. And so that was the first commission. And then we looked at the Great Commission, where Jesus gave his disciples a very similar command. He would say to them, go and make disciples. He would say to his to his followers, go and replicate yourself. In fact, um, go and uh, make disciples from, from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, I want you to start at home, start at Newcastle, start wherever you're at, And I want you in your everyday going of life to go and make disciples. Go and tell people about my love and go and bring um, order and peace to places of chaos. Go and bring life to places that are in need of life and hope. So that was the the Great Commission to start where you're at, from Jerusalem to from Newcastle, from wherever you live and go to the ends of the earth. But he said, but don't go, don't leave, don't, don't start this thing by yourself because you need power from heaven and because you need power to fulfill the calling that God has for you and so in the beginning we see the earth was always God's goal when the great commission was given we see that the earth was Jesus's plan and in the same way that the early disciples needed the Holy Spirit to empower them to fulfill the first call the first commission the great commission we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to fulfill the assignment that God has for us today so this morning I want to talk about wind. And so before the day of Pentecost, the early believers had some understanding of the nature and the person of the Holy Spirit. They had their scriptures. They had our Old Testament was the only scriptures they had. So that was their Bible. And so as they grew up in their synagogues and in their faith, they would have been taught about the Holy Spirit. And the Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit is the word Ruach. In fact, we saw a wonderful video last week regarding the work of the Holy Spirit through from the beginning to the end of, of, of biblical history. And there was also an E! News. If you missed the video, it's a really worthwhile four-minute clip to watch on E! News, just to, a refresher to see the incredible power of God at work from the beginning. So the Hebrew word for the word Spirit is the word Ruach. Uh, in the New Testament, the word is the same meaning, as, but the word is the word pneuma. And the basic meaning of ruach 
and pneuma, the basic meaning is the same. It is wind or breath or life force. So the context of ruach or, or pneuma, if you read your scriptures, you'll discover that the context, it could be talking about angels. It could be talking about humans. And it can even talk about demons as having this this ruach or this pneuma or this life source. What we discover is that every created thing needs this ruach, this this life force to animate them, to, to make them alive. Every created thing. But we also know that God is not a created thing. He is the creator. And so he is the creator and the sustainer of life. So when we read ruach and pneuma, when we read those things in the old, particularly the Old Testament, you'll read um, passages and phrases like the Spirit of the Lord or the Spirit of God, or you'll come across the, the words Holy Spirit. They are not talking about the, the, the Spirit that gives the life source because God doesn't need life source. He is life source. Um, he is talking that those words are referring to God's breath, talking about God's Spirit. God's life-giving power that touches and flows through all creation and through all people. And so, as we look at the concept of wind and breath this morning, you'll see the most common metaphor as you read through scriptures to understand the Holy Spirit, both Old and New Testament, is this concept of breath and wind. And so, in, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul writes that all scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. So the, we know the Holy Spirit, uh, in fact, the word inspired is a great word. The, the word inspired, the Greek word for that is theonoustos. It means theo being God, noustos being breathed. So all scripture is the breath of God. God breathed. And so the Holy Spirit then was the active agent in in the helping the writers to write what they wrote he chose two words that you and i are fairly familiar with to explain who he is and he wants us to associate his holy spirit with the concepts of wind and breath and both those things are invisible but both those things have incredible power and so breath infers life anything that's not breathing typically is dead and so um, that's pretty straightforward. So, so breath infers life and wind infers an inherent power. You know, I, I love going for drives in the country and seeing those massive wind turbines spinning ever so slowly but creating power and energy. Or perhaps when you're uh, looking out over the bay, you'll see a, a boat with its sail filled with wind. Now, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects that the wind has on the, on the boat on the surface of the water. Or maybe you like flying kites, same sort of thing. It is the kite that sustains, oh, it's the wind that sustains the kite. And so that, that's why I believe God's wanting us to understand His Holy Spirit is, is something that is not visible to us, but the power and the effect of His Spirit is very evident. So, you know, this message, I found, actually I found this message, took me quite a while to put together. And uh, what I discovered, I was just digging more and more into who the Holy Spirit was. And I could have I could have gone so many different directions. And I had to keep asking God. And I did this a number of times. I said, God, what is it that you're wanting me to share with our church family today? Because I'm not, I'm not doing a, a full study on the Holy Spirit. What is it about your breath? 
What is it about the power that comes from you that your ruach or your numa that is helpful for for you and helpful for me today? And so, you know, I've got a uh, I've got an Apple Watch. I'm not selling Apple watches, but that's just what I have. And every and if you've got one, um, every now and then I get a little thing comes up on it that says breathe. It's not that I've forgotten to breathe, but the goal is for you to be you press a button. And then you take deep breaths in and out, and it's sort of that. Normally, I just totally skip that because I haven't got time just to waste just breathing. Well, looking at that and breathing. And so, but just as I was talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, help me because I'm struggling here to to find the point I want you guys to know, my watch beeped and it said, breathe. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you speaking through my watch. And I just took some time and I just settled my heart. And I just started to breathe. And as I was breathing, I felt God say a few things that I think might help us today, particularly to do with his uh, breath and that that's around us and in us. And I felt God say a few things. And I pray that these things will resonate with your heart today. Firstly, I felt God say that I am with you. He says to you that I am with you everywhere around you. I am there. I felt God say that I'm present. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm there, present. I'm not somewhere else. I'm not going to come in when you need me. I'm physically there right now with you. I felt God say, I'm able. I also felt God say, I am available. I felt God say, I am powerful. And as I was sort of processing that through my through my pausing and breathing and considering what it is that God has for us today. I felt God say that that I was that he was there in the beginning. He was hovering over the the surface of the deep. He was hovering over darkness and and turmoil. He was able, he was at work throughout creation able to bring life where there was no life, to fill emptiness to bring abundance and fruitfulness. And I just really felt that that for, for some of you today, God wants you to know those things. That he is there hovering. He's not, he, he is just waiting. He's just available and able. And he's able to do some amazing things in your life. I felt God would say that he was there when Joseph needed favor. He was there when Samson needed strength. He was there when David needed correction. He was there when Moses needed boldness and Joshua needed courage. He was there when Gideon needed power. He was there when Solomon needed wisdom. He was there when Daniel needed understanding. He was there when Bezalel required skill. And he was there when the prophets needed insight. God would say that he was there. He was with them. He came upon them. He filled them. He clothed them. He encouraged them. He helped them. He challenged them. He kept them close to him. He refreshed them. He renewed them. You know, all those scriptures, and there's far too many scriptures to list. I see God at work through his Ruach, through his breath, through his spirit. And his, life, his life-giving power came upon them for whatever they needed at the time. Whatever Samson or David or Moses or Joshua or Saul, whatever they needed, God's spirit was there to enable them to do what they needed to do. To receive what they needed. And at those times, power came from the throne of heaven into their physical world. 
So right now, I just felt a pause. Is there anything that you are in need of right now? Is there anything that you are lacking? Is there a situation that you're facing that you, you need something of God's wisdom or God's strength or God's power or God's understanding? What is it that you need? I'm just going to pray right now and then we'll move on with the message. But I really felt this is important. And so, Father God, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are present, that you are able, that you are available, that you are powerful, that you can create and, and fill and make things fruitful, that you can bring life from lifeless situations. And Lord, this morning, I just pray that you will, through your spirit, you'll breathe again. That you would breathe again into lives and hearts and marriages and families and relationships. Lord, that they will come alive through your breath in them. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I was thinking I could have easily stopped the message at that point. I could, uh, and you're probably thinking, yay, finally a short message. But, um, but you know, for me to stop there, I felt I'd be, I'd be missing the point because it all pivots around the day of Pentecost. You see, in the, in the Old Testament, before the day of Pentecost that we read about in Acts chapter 2, before that day, the Holy Spirit was an external agent. Yes, he was with all those people that we listed. He was with them. But he would only temporarily come upon them, temporarily empower them, just, just give them what they needed at that time. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was not just an external agent acting on on behalf of of God's plan on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit became an internal reality Jesus had already told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they were filled with power from heaven and so if we go to our passage in Acts chapter 2 which is our passage regarding the day of Pentecost Acts chapter 2 verse 2 we read that so we told them to wait till they were filled with power from heaven then the day came when they were filled with power from heaven. And so in chapter 2, verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. I want you to notice the first thing that happened when, when God gave his Holy Spirit, when God gave power from heaven, the first thing that happened was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. So here again we find God's power extending from his throne in heaven and inserting himself into their physical world. In fact, in um, uh, one of the prophets would say, I think it was Isaiah, he would say, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. There's something that happened. Rend is to tear. And I can almost visualize the, the, the heavens being torn as the Holy Spirit came with power from God's throne into their physical world. And then verse 3 tells us, And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So what we see here on the day of Pentecost, the, the house was filled with this sound of a mighty wind that came from heaven. See, the disciples already, the early believers already had an understanding of the Ruach of God. They already had an understanding of the wind and the power and the breath of God. And so on the day of Pentecost, perhaps God's breath, God's wind came from heaven to earth. And, it, and, and the whole house was filled with his presence, filled with his breath, 
filled with his power. The Holy Spirit was no longer an external agent, but the Holy Spirit. He became an internal reality. And in the same way that God breathed life into Adam and Eve, I believe that God breathed life upon every believer that was there on that day. And he filled them with his Holy Spirit. Now, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I believe the Holy Spirit always gives us what we need. And in this case, in Acts that we read about, he gave the disciples the ability to speak in other languages. At other times, the Holy Spirit gives his disciples boldness. At other times, it was the working of miracles. At other times, it was great faith. You see, the Holy Spirit was at work giving his disciples, his children, whatever they need to accomplish the task that they had. But the point here is that God's Spirit will give you whatever you need for today. And that's great news. Because if you have a need right now, I want to tell you that God, through His Spirit, through His breath, is able to give you what you need. Jesus quoted Isaiah in one of, his, uh, one of Isaiah's prophecies in Luke. You might know this passage. Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said that the Spirit, everyone say Spirit. That's right. The, the, the Spirit, the, the pneuma, or the Ruach of God, is upon me. Because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor had come. Isaiah, and Jesus quoting Isaiah, said that the, the breath of God, the power of God, the, the, the wind, the life of God, was upon Jesus for a reason. That was to bring good news, to bring freedom, to bring hope, to bring favor. And that's why Jesus came. That was Jesus's, one of Jesus' assignments, was to bring heaven to earth and an understanding of, of the nature and the heart of the Father for his children. And that's what the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to do. That's why he came. That's why the Spirit was upon him. Favor, freedom, hope, healing. Now, in John's version of the Great Commission, Jesus says this. So remember why the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. We've talked about that. John tells us in his version of the Great Commission, in John 20, verse 21, second half, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, Just as the Father had sent me, so with the task and the assignment the Father has given me, I'm going to send you. So the task that I've had to reflect and to show people who the Father is and to bring hope and joy and freedom and healing and favor, that task, I'm now sending you with the same task. And then verse 22, and he took a deep breath and he breathed on them. Jesus, Jesus breathed his, his breath upon them and he said to them receive the holy spirit you know as i wrap up this morning we have the same commission that jesus had we have received we have received the same spirit that jesus had and we have access to the same power that jesus had and that's all through the breath and the life of the holy spirit living and dwelling inside of us you see, the power of the Holy Spirit was never meant to be just for us. 
Yes, yes, he is with us at home and he is with us at school and at work and wherever we, he is with us. And he is there to, to draw us closer to God and to shape us and make us and, and, and help us fellowship and communicate to God. There's so much, the Holy Spirit brings so much into our life. But it's not, he hasn't come just for us. He is with us wherever we go. And he is available and able to help us in our time of need. But the ultimate empowering, the, the, the plan of the wind of God coming to touch and fill his people, ultimately, is that our attention would be directed to others. That we, like Jesus, will bring a message of good news, of hope, of favor, of healing, and of freedom. That's why the Holy Spirit came. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled everyone present who was there. And I just want to encourage each one of us that the filling of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the breath of His Holy Spirit is available to each one of us. Not just every now and then, but every breath we take, He's with us because He's in us. Jesus would say that you, the Holy Spirit is now with you. He's talking to His disciples before the day of Pentecost. He's with you now, but later on He's going to be in you. So that's the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the, the plan of God being the whole earth, that they would experience his love and grace. But the wind, earth, wind, we're talking about the power of God. This is how we do it, by our reliance in his Holy Spirit. Not in our own strength, not in our own power, but by his Spirit, he says. So, this week I've got a challenge for you. Homework. And I know some of you like homework. And so I want to encourage you every morning to ask a very simple question to God. As you wake up or whenever you do your quiet time, I'd encourage you to ask the Lord to open your heart and your eyes to those who might be in need around you. That, that ask the Holy Spirit to, to lead you to people in need. And that, that may look like physical need. That might, you can help them by doing something for them or, or um, giving them something. Could be someone facing spiritual need where you can just reach into heaven for them and pray God's blessing and favor. I'm really believing that this week across our church family that God's going to use you to be a vehicle of hope, of life, of encouragement, of blessing, of healing, of freedom, of favor. How is God going to do that? He does it through his Holy Spirit in us. And so that's why he's in us, that we would finish the task that he has for us to, to love those around us. And so that's your challenge. Pray in the morning and then open your eyes and see the opportunities that are in front of you. And I'd love you to shoot me an email and let me know what I mean, not um, God's not going to ask. He may not ask you to raise someone from the dead. It might be not. It might be extreme, but it might be simple. So it's let me know. Let me know what God's saying to you, uh, and let us know what the amazing love of God is doing in you, and touching others. That's your homework. Now I'm going to pray. So Father God, I just thank you once again for this time together with our church family. And Lord, I, I know that there's so much of you that I don't understand. And there's, but the little bits I do understand, Lord, I pray you'll help me to 
respond to your, your calling and to respond to your leading. Now, Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you sent him as a gift to us to empower us and fill us with life, that we can come alive in you, that we can find hope and healing and power and whatever it is that we need at home or work or school or wherever we go, we can find that available to us through your Holy Spirit as you breathe into us the power of heaven from your throne flowing through us, in us and changing us. And so, Lord, I pray this week we'll hear, I'll get emails and stories of people just being led by you, being relocated by you and positioned by you to uh, bring your presence and your love to those around them. And so we thank you for this time and I pray a blessing on our church family. Amen. Well, thanks for your time and I look forward to your emails and see you next week. Bye. Bye.